1: Ready, set, pod. Hello and welcome everybody to the finale of the Great British Bake Off. I'm here. I'm Haley Strong. Um, I'm here to redeem myself in a tower of sweets after a a long season of um, bumbling around the podcasting studio. Um, My competition today, Kurt Clark. Hey, what's up?
3: Yeah, yeah, there's there's no tower tall enough for me to redeem myself, so uh, I'll do that for you. (laughs) I'm, I'm 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 I, I count me out <laughs>
1: <laughs> and our inevitable winner is also here Emily Fox the most competent person we've ever met
2: that's a really kind compliment I like that It's <laughs> true that. like
1: Kurt and I just, like mumble around like we're here and Emily's like listen I bake bread and I know exactly what I'm going to say about Peter.
3: I'm going to proof the croissants on the bed behind me. Just to lord it over you.
1: I read <laughs> articles about the show so I know what I'm talking about when I come to it.
3: We, we can't hate Peter anymore because he won. So now we're directing it all you towards know. Emily.
2: It's fine. It's we fine. love it. Um yeah. yeah, I love you guys. This has been such a fun um, sort of derivation from Top Chef and. You know, I I love great British bake off for a multitude of reasons, but actually being able to talk about it every week rather than just sitting there and kind of stewing and however I feel about it has been a, a really great outlet for me.
1: <laughs> I can't believe it's been two and a half months since we started this. Like I it really feels like it we just picked up yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm. It yeah. really
1: does. Yeah. Kurt, tell me, tell me how you felt. So you've watched a whole season, one whole season of Great British Bake Off coming into this. It was series five. How do you, how was your first experience watching it week by week? What do you think? Are you a Great British Bake Off super fan? Are you going to go back and watch every season?
3: I, I am. Well, I, I'd say I'm a fan. I don't think I'm quite a super fan. Yes. Um but I do plan on going back and watching every season. I think I started because I went back to the um was it uh uh bake off the beginnings. There's the Netflix one where it actually covers episodes the seasons two and series two and three, I believe. Um and I had to stop after like partway through the first episode because it was like getting too jumbled in my head between what's going on in series two and what's going on in the current series, series eleven. So now that series eleven slash season eight is over. I'm looking forward to going back and watching the uh the the ones I've missed. I do plan on doing that. Um although I have a feeling I'm going to be like, oh, no, we have to say bye to Mel and Sue. Like, oh, no, we have to say goodbye to Mary. You know, like I know at least that that stuff is coming. And I've been getting little spoilers here and there in terms of some seasons. um, But I am looking forward to watching the rest of it. And I thank you, Haley, for introducing me to this and for inviting me along in the journey.
1: I feel like I forced you into this. but. (laughs) Like I was like, no, Kurt, you're going to like this because you had mentioned like you don't always love the cooking shows that don't have a competition element. I'm like, great, Great British Bake Off has a competition element. I'm like, well, it's pretty soft. I'm like, yes, it is. Come on, Kurt, exactly what you need. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, I I I took my medicine and it was tasty (laughs) (laughs) with a
1: spoonful of sugar.
3: Yes, literally, lots of sugar, lots of. Lots of mango. passion mm. um, so, yeah. fruit. Lots yeah. of passion fruit. So the, the way medicine should be.
1: Yeah. And Emily, as somebody who's presumably seen every season as of, mm-hmm. I, I think I've missed season one, but you
2: know, I, 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 I have to actually, I've, I keep trying to like go back through my brain and being like, have I seen all of them? I think I have. I don't know. I, I, I might do a deep dive again anyway, just because that's what we it's do and we yeah. have nothing else to do. It just feels um, like joy.
1: Yeah, it does feel like joy. Um, um, where where would you rank this in your, you know, all of the seasons together? So this is
2: interesting for me because obviously this was not filmed the same way that previous seasons have been. I think we kind of entered into a weird time. Uh for all of us historically. And I think it is slightly reflected in this past series. Um, That being said, I really loved a lot of the people that were on this, but I don't think I can pick a particular series where I wouldn't love everybody because I think they do a really good job of bringing in a lot of really competent, excellent bakers people that you love, people that maybe you feel like, oh, why are they on here, but they're doing great stuff anyway, or sometimes they're not doing great stuff, but that's also the nature of how this works. That being said, not my most favorite season. It felt, I think, as we had sort of walked our way through a lot of these episodes that some of the challenges felt a little contrived or a little too nailed it. Um, that being said, still had a good time. I mean... I'm never not going to love this show. I think it's just built in a way that makes me smile that inspires me to bake um, and i I love the rotating cast of characters. I always will I think
3: did did with both of your respective experiences with previous seasons, did you get the sense that the producers Knowing that this was going to be kind of simulcast on Netflix in the U.S., did they adjust the show at all to be reflective of the fact that was going to be a sort of live U.S. contingent of potentially new watchers now, do you think? Or was this pretty – because this felt very different to me than Series 5 did in terms of – maybe it was the bakes, maybe it was the hosts, uh, not the judges so much – but there was, I, I noticed a sharp difference between this and Series Five, and I didn't know if that was just an evolution of the show, yeah, or if there were things that were substantively different. I they
1: I think it's a combination. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really think they're taking Americans watching it into consideration. I think it's an evolution of a show which we see in almost all reality shows we watch, okay. um, and I think it's the move to Channel Four instead of mm-hmm. BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Channel Four is a. Um, is a little more heavy-handed, maybe, in their their shows. Um, Their shows feel much more typical to what we're used to watching, where BBC is much more of like a... A learning experience. I, I feel like so. Um, when we when we made the move to Channel Four, we also lost like the segments of like history and stuff like that that we really saw in those early seasons that felt very BBC. Um, and coming into Channel Four, we have a lot more challenges where things can go wrong. Um, I think one of one of the complaints I've heard from British people is that it does feel more pushed and like like you said contrived. Um, it did feel like some of the challenges this season were setting people up to fail. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and, and I hope that the producers of the show will maybe look at it and realize that what they have on their hands is gold and there's no point in changing it that much. Um, an example for me is Taskmaster which is a show I really love. Kurt, I've made you watch it, Emily. Josh hates British people, so like he can't. We've watched a couple of episodes, actually, (laughs) to be fair.
2: Um, He doesn't hate British people. He just doesn't understand them. I'm like, how is it that hard? I don't don't, like if you can go to Boston and hang out with my family for a couple of days, I think you can handle a British accent. They're pretty much like.
1: their own thing but like it's not that hard to hear I don't know yeah.
2: for me it doesn't make sense but sorry uh,
1: no problem uh, and so Taskmaster spent nine seasons on this on this channel called Dave um, which is a very small channel they you know they do a lot of their own stuff uh, and it recently moved to channel four as well um, and I think that they've tried really hard to make make the show taskmaster what it always has been and i think that channel four would be smart to just keep on keeping on with great british bake off the way it has been instead of pushing all of these elements um that don't always work because the show carries itself like people watch it because of what it is i don't need bust cakes yeah it's not what i'm here for um I will say I love the showstopper challenge this week. This is exactly what I want Mm -hmm. Um, from a showstopper. It's exactly what I want in a finale challenge because I felt like last season, the finale challenge like the finale showstopper was a little like finicky where like Mm -hmm. this really made sense to me. Uh, I think changing the host had a part to do with it. That's no fault of theirs. Sandy left. They had to. Um, I think they did the best they could with the weird circumstances uh it's just not how the show is filmed like they film every weekend they get to go home to their families and that was not the case this season and i you could kind of feel that and i don't think if this bubble wasn't necessary they would have they would choose to do this in the future
2: yeah i agree i think um probably it's a a combination of manufactured or engineered drama because of switching channels because of the heightened sense of of quarantine and having to have everybody together in one place. I mean, even with the the finale and having like the workers come and be the crowd and I was like, we're all standing a little close together, aren't we? <laughs> like Usually everyone's on like a picnic blanket having a great time and everyone was like clustered to make it into one shot. And I was like, I don't know if I even feel better about this. I'd rather see everybody actually relax and see who wins, because that's usually the, the timbre of like how this sort of uh, works out. So, yeah, you lose a little of the luster, I think, from the early series uh, finales. But yeah, I just it's a weird time. I don't think there could have been much else that anyone could have done
1: except put an AC in the tent. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, we could talk about that all day, but Yeah, I, I think it's just been It's a weird time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird time, but it did it it felt like the comforting warm hub mm-hmm. that I come to make off for. Correct. Um I don't think the season ended how any of us may have wanted or expected, um, but I feel like pleased with it. So, congrats to Peter for winning yeah. every week. We're like Peter, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I'd but say, I'd say, I, 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 I half expected it, but I was,
1: oh, I, I was like one hundred percent. Well, I'm like, of course, Peter's going to win. Yeah. Like, of yeah. course,
3: of course, of course. I was, I was. There was part of me that was surprised that Dave did not. I mean, we can, we can get to, the, to, that, to yeah. that, later. But it was, it was, it'll be interesting to see a new. You know, knock on wood, non-COVID series with kind of the same structure, like in terms of how do Nolan Matt engage? You know, how do you, you know? Just overall, just for for me, uh, in terms of not having seen like this whole contingent of people before, um, and obviously Matt's new to everybody. But um, yeah, it'll be like the the crowd shot. Like, I was trying to look to see if there were former contestants there because I thought that they had said that there were like in the voiceover and I didn't see like if there had been you think they would have zoomed in on a couple familiar faces I guess there weren't
2: I think they said you know typically historically we do have the old cast members come because that's what they do Um, I wonder if they were like get out of here the fewer people we have the better and that's just how this shook out especially you know who's going to hang around necessarily when there is all of this happening personally, like I would probably be like, okay, I need to get home now. I've been gone for like six weeks straight or whatever. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. The whole thing just felt really weird, but it's sort of indicative of a larger issue that's going on right now. So I, I can't fault them too much for it. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, didn't have the same sort of joyful ending that i typically feel with this and it's not because of peter like if it, it i think it was just the whole
1: environment around how it. how wonderful would it have been i'm going to tear up like the finales always get me how wonderful would it have been for peter who was obviously very close to his family for them to have been- be there and see yeah. him win because of, it's it's very obvious that Bake Off has been like a family thing for them, totally. where they they all get together and sit in front of the TV. Like, how wonderful would it have been for him to to live out his dream in front of his family and his parents yeah. and people who he's close to. Like that would have just been so satisfying and lovely. And I think Peter is a is a lovely winner. Mm-hmm. I think he really just handled this season with grace and and, he, and anytime he stumbled he picked himself back up brushed his shoulders off and you know did great the next week and I, I absolutely believe that this was the closest call for them in Big Off history between Peter and
3: Dave yeah. and I appreciate that they didn't try to do the you know You know, it could be Laura. (laughs) (laughs) They're
2: like, can't lie.
3: (laughs) No, like they had the final that final deliberation, and they're like, yeah, it's pretty much between you know Dave and Peter. I'm glad they didn't try to fool us with the editing. We all knew it. Laura knew it. I think I, I was, you know. I was appealing for Laura a lot this episode, uh, but there was a. I think you know after the technical, I was like, mm, "No, nah, it's not going to likely happen." But um, it felt like
2: after the signature, yeah, I was like, going to say the signature yeah. started off poorly for her. So I think it was pretty early on that everyone was like, "Yeah, it's been a good run for you," but like, like
3: sit back and let the boys do the work. Well, yeah, when, when Dave when Dave and Peter did not completely botch the technical, that's when I knew that like she was like that was that was her only chance was if they. Yeah for her to converse the technical and for them to lose the technical by a mile. Um, but but I was glad that she went into the third ch- the showstopper with kind of this mentality of I felt like she knew that she was out of the running and that freed her up to relax a lot more and I was, it was nice to see that.
2: I mean, I would have loved for her to relax a little bit more with a bunch of these challenges throughout oh, the yeah. series because oh, yeah. I think that makes a world of difference in terms of how you perform just generally, right? I think everyone can remember times where they've been so nervous that they've just completely self-sabotaged something, right? Every day of my life, right? (laughs) But the times in which, like, you know, you have a little bit of nerves, but you're like, I'm just going to do this because it's a great opportunity, like easier said than done, of course. Um, but I think that, you know, even Paul is like, are you going to keep like a cleaner workspace? Like you got this, just like take it easy. And I think even that she was like, yeah, you're right, you know? Um, but, I think most of us can say without a doubt that we are our own worst critics. So I feel for her. I understand her plight in a lot of these challenges, but I also, it was nice to see her relax. I think for the final showstopper
1: because she put together a pretty good product. And there is nothing I want more than Noel fielding to talk me off the ledge. Like I love the way he, he was handling the situation. He was like, Hey, you know, just think about the next one. Don't worry about this one. You're good. Just look ahead. Keep looking ahead. And you know, I think she really took that to heart.
3: No, really, did I did not get the sense that no one was rooting for Peter at any point during this competition. <laughs> and I know he's supposed to be impartial. And I'm sure a lot of it was tongue in cheek. But it's like just as he's like bending down to like extend the hand to Laura and pull her back up in the ledge, he's purposefully like accidentally bumping Peter off the ledge. I mean, in terms of just the things he's saying. So, um, but I mean. It was kind of like kidding, not kidding, but kidding. But am I kidding? Um, Something I
1: would have loved, I liked to picture, is Emily in the Bake Off tent, working (laughs) on her showstopper. The biggest thing of her life, and Noel Fielding coming over and asking her to kiss a wooden spoon. I can only imagine you would take it from his hand. And hit him with it, maybe, or yeah. just throw it across the room. Yeah, I'd <laughs> be, be like, like, I have no time for this nonsense, no.
2: I said this to Josh a couple of weeks ago because uh, we almost turned. We were trying to get onto the highway, and it was like in this really rural part of upstate New York, and it looked like it was the wrong way sign but it wasn't and I was like no this is the only way to get onto the highway and he was like I don't know I think you're going there and I had to like stop and do a U-turn instead because like he kind of made me falter last minute and he was cracking up and I was like this isn't funny I'm not here to play right now and he was like what a classic <laughs> Emily Fox thing to say and he laughed so hard and I was like yeah I even have to laugh at that because what a like what a burst of like anger and energy that came out of me just because I like flubbed this turn and there was like no behind me because I was on like this dark country road. <laughs> but like I think that that's probably what would come out of me in terms of like a, a wooden spoon interaction where I'd be like get out of here. I didn't come here to play. Try to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I often talked to each other like three more times since this yeah. happened like
1: two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, that story absolutely checks out for me. <laughs> in the best possible way though. Like yeah. I'm like, yeah, that
2: that makes sense. No, I'm serious about this stuff. I think I take myself probably way too seriously when it comes to certain things because yeah. I, I am my own worst critic as I said before, but um I think there is a level of like
1: Really intense precision that's required, especially for a showstopper, and, and focus. And yeah. you have a list of things you need to get done, and you have mm-hmm. to get it done within a certain time. Like, there's yeah. no room for error. There's no room to redo things. Yeah. There's no time for spoon kissing.
2: That's why, like, whenever I see in Top Chef where they're like, "How many minutes left?" and there's there's always like one of the contestants. It's like seven minutes or something like that, and I'm like, in what world? Did an, a producer go up and approach that person and be like, "Hey, I know you're like really in the thick of it right now, but like do you think you could like kindly remind everybody that there's like 10 minutes left on the clock? Like I would be like, "Get out of here. I'm never going to be your person for that. Like I have too much shit to do. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs>
1: So let's let's actually get into these challenges. For yes. the signature they needed to make eight beautifully decorated custard slices. Laura made a yuzu custard slice, Dave made a caramel latte custard slice, and Peter made a crackin- cranachan, <laughs> a crana-chan custard slice.
0: I'm going to be honest with I don't
1: know what a cranachan is. Let's let's do a quick Google. Cranachan. The Brits are like we hate you for this reason. Oh, it's a Scottish, Scottish dessert. Which makes sense because he's the first Scot to have ever won. Good for him. Yeah. Oh,
2: a and celebration of
1: harvest, raspberry harvest in June. Looks lovely. Like a it looks that like a sounds trifle. really nice, actually. I know. I would eat this. I'm in. Mm. Um, I would now knowing what that is. I that's probably what I would reach for. Um, I bet the caramel latte is tasty, but I I don't always go for the coffee. Coffee flavored things, yeah, yeah. And poor Laura is just, I, just, I just feel I felt so bad watching watching that happen to her. I and didn't. Just, I didn't though, because I was like, I'm done doing this. Yeah, so that's sad. fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Which like is is
2: bad. I feel like I should have had more patience, but I was also like, oh, Laura, like I know, we know this isn't gonna work out, and it sucks. And I hate yeah, they, it. And I kind of just wish we could just jump to the technical because, like, this makes me sad.
3: <laughs> the The moment, the moment that Paul said, "You know, the more liquid you put in, the, the more like types of liquid you put in there, the harder it is going to be for it right. to set." And then you cut to Laura, you know, it's dumping, like dumping it all, <laughs> like two-handing it in terms of like adding stuff. You, you knew that this was not going to turn out well. And this is one of the things where, if they'd had time off between, like she had to have practiced this. And so she had to have known how difficult it was to set, which makes me wonder were when they get the, when they get the, the direction for what the showstoppers and signatures are going to be, do you, do you know, do they also get the, and you're going to have this much time to do it. So make sure that whatever you practice, you can get that time. So I don't know if they give them the time ahead of time. You'd think that they would, but I, you know, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, I, I don't know how she thought this would set nicely if she'd had time to practice it.
1: I, I what, and it, One of my favorite parts was when the, the judges were like, did you add gelatin? And she was like, 10 sheets. And Prue was like, this should be hard as a rock. <laughs> like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. Give it like 10
2: more minutes. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I, was ha- I was
3: having flashbacks to last week's Cube Cake with the gelatin sheets where it was like the mousse was more of a like a yeah. rubber sponge than, yeah. or something that I was like, oh, no, it's not going to be like that again. But no, it wasn't. But it was also the very opposite problem.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it was unfortunate. I I mean, I think that that probably would have been my favorite flavor. I love Yuzu everything. Um, I've been known to buy very expensive Yuzu juice at the Japanese market nearby. (laughs) Um, So I I think that that would have been I mean, I'm sure it was delicious. Paul even said, you know, this tastes really great. It just didn't set. It's a kind Mm -hmm. of mess, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think Peter's probably would have been my second favorite, but I also am allergic to oats because, of course, I am. So, like, I have to stay away from. Yeah, you're allergic to oats. It's the same thing as eggs. So it's just like an intolerance that I have. My mom has it too. It's super fun. Um. So yeah. Highly under underreported. <laughs> have
3: you tried have we tried duck oats?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now we're on to something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look
3: into that. Um, if that's
2: the only grain I have a problem with, I'm not that upset about it. So yeah,
3: I I would have gone for Dave's the caramel yeah. coffee combination I think would, would trump the raspberry whiskey combination for those, me. Those um, yeah, those
1: those feel like Kurt flavors to me.
3: Yeah. And it doesn't I know he wasn't able to get the the hazelnut spikes on there. I wasn't sure if there was another kind of hazelnut element in the uh in the bake. I'm uh sure which was, even yeah. and if there if the whether there was if there was, even better. Um so yeah that that would have been more my speed and, and Laura's would have been at the bottom for me in terms of desire between the I lemon, know, the, the coconuts, the, yeah. the yuzu, <laughs> yeah. um uh the the fact that it was a soup and not a custard. Um <laughs> but, sorry, kidding. Um but yeah, that—that's the thing. I would have gone, you know, Dave, Peter, Laura. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the technical challenge. Boy, did I want to eat these eight little walnut worlds! Sign <laughs> me up for that. The way you just said it. Right. <laughs> these little walnut the worlds. Walnut worlds. Like, how can you not like? Uh, they had to make eight little walnut whirls for their technical. That towns. sounds like,
2: like a regional like carnival ride that you would. It's the walnut whirl. Yeah, the walnut whirl.
1: <laughs> <that> <laughs> the walnut is What they called me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you if you don't know what a walnut whirl is, as we I'm sure all of us did not, uh, walnut sable biscuit based coffee ganache filling, surrounded by marshmallow, and coated in tempered chocolate. Like these looked sounded delicious like I want this put them in my pocket and call it a day yeah
2: this kind of reminds me of like a Malamar I guess Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I guess I, I never really considered homemade marshmallow
2: yeah. and I
1: liked looking at the process
3: of it it looked better to me than I I think I was more excited to be like oh that's really cool that you made that that looks really neat I'll pass because the, um, <laughs> the the mars- marshmallow had a big turn on for me um I don't I don't think I would have I would have tried one, but I wasn't like, oh, get these in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> it's not a not a big not a big somebody cut that for me, please. In my <laughs> um so yeah, I would have been like, you know what, Haley, you can have first dips. Go for it.
1: I want first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth dibs. Thank yeah. you. Oh, not that for me.
3: That's okay. I
1: thought Laura's looked better than peter so i was surprised that she ended up in the bottom here i was too they were like we just need a reason um (laughs) i think so um dave's were beautiful i mean i get annoyed when they're like well the chocolate didn't set i'm like great you gave them one hour and it's 85 degrees like what do you want from them
2: yeah, I get really annoyed at that too, where it's like, oh, it just
1: would have been better if it set or it had a little more time. It, it would have been great if they did it in their own kitchen with air conditioning. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, although there's not a lot of air con in the UK, so we've yeah. heard.
3: Yeah. Mm. yeah. The I one of the things I'm looking forward to in a new series is it not being filmed in the middle of summer, potentially. Yeah. Uh, or at least if it is, for them to take into account the you know the nearly triple digit temperatures.
1: No, they never take it into account. They just it doesn't happen as frequently.
3: Right. So the uh, yeah, the the... I got to look up what tempered chocolate means. It's something—it's a phrase I've always heard, but I never actually knew it. One plus of watching this with my mom is she would ask me questions the entire time. I have to, like, what is tempered chocolate? And, like, normally I'd just be watching me, like, tempered chocolate, I take it for what it is and I keep watching, but I'd pause it, I'd look it up, I'd go, oh, this is, it's, uh, you know, it's how you treat chocolate in order for it to be kind of used in the candy form, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I learned a lot more, actually, in this episode in, in having, watching it alongside one of my parents.
1: Do you ever temper chocolate, Emily?
3: Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I is, like I was I was legitimately like half expecting like oh is she going to be asking me this question and then I like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> look at Haley's face was like love you
1: Kurt but I'm not asking no. if you tempered
3: chocolate <laughs> I was like I was getting prepared to like stick with an answer and to say why I don't uh, which because I don't do anything oh, uh, but, uh, so, but then I was like no she's asking you yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry. <laughs> sorry sorry Kurt. Love you. Mm-mm. I, know, I know that's probably not something you're doing on a Tuesday afternoon like Emily is.
3: Like, for me, it's more like do you put the alcohol in then the mixer or the mixer and then the alcohol? That's more my, my speed of question.
1: I go alcohol and then mixer. Yeah, same. It's Yeah. Same. It, yeah. Then it gives the uh, you know what? When I make coffee for people at work, this is what I do. There's a couple of regulars that I don't even bother bringing in the cream or milk. I just make it myself because I know what they like. I'll always put the creamer milk in the cup first, and then pour the coffee in because then it gives it a chance to like mix up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does that make any sense?
3: Yeah, it's no, the same way the alcohol is going to like it's gonna be lighter than <laughs> the liquid that's gonna rise. Yeah, no, I, this is yes. For the million, One of the scientists to is gonna
1: comment and be like, "Haley, you know that's not how like liquids will separate sometimes, right? Like mm-hmm. alcohol is heavier, so it'll stay. At the, I don't know. Are if you talking about viscosity?" In, <laughs> I'm
3: never talking about viscosity. I'm I? I talking about relative density. Yeah, um,
1: people have be- been saying I'm relatively dense for a while now. <laughs> no, Compared
3: think- to Emily, you and I are relatively dense.
1: Aliens. <laughs> Here's the thing: I love like coming like- to this podcast and feeling like a moron every week. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, how did I trick anyone in letting me be on this? When obviously I'm an idiot. No, you're not. <laughs> well, yeah, I am. Um,
2: no, other I, skills. Can
1: no. I say why I put the alcohol in first?
2: Of course, because I like it to be in the ice and cool down a little bit. Because my oh. my alcohol is room temp for the most part. Yeah, that's, that's why that's I fair. do that first, and then I add all the other things, and that makes it feels like it's easier to mix that way. And that way, you don't end up with like a whole mouthful of alcohol first. Yeah, which is never the worst thing but maybe if you're putting mixers in you want it to taste a little more balanced with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
0: this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky
2: play for free at LuckyLandslots.com are you feeling lucky?
0: A woo a hand clap or a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Emily,
1: I don't know if I know this about you. What's your favorite cocktail? oh that's a good what question. like if you're going to a bar and you can only order one cocktail what are you getting i usually
2: Cur- prepare a your cocktail. answer for this
3: as well okay. Okay. this I one this one yeah, i could see potentially coming my way so
2: <laughs> okay i i so i oscillate between doing like a mezcal tequila type drink or i do a whiskey drink i really love
1: bourbon what about a vodka drink a cider but, drink? A lager drink? A lager drink? <laughs> do you sing the songs that remind you of the good times? Or do you sing the songs that <laughs> remind you of the best times? Listen, I'm going to get knocked down for this. Uh, answer, but...
2: but you'll get
3: up again. Yeah, you will. I, okay, I, you
2: I always know. do. It's never going to uh, get you down. <laughs> God. I used to uh, babysit a kid who loved that song and we just listened to it for hours. Um So I... I, I I usually oscillate between those two spirits, just because I really love them very very much, um, and any sort of citrus component that goes with it. So I will typically like last night I made myself a whiskey sour, minus the egg white, obviously, and then um, I will make usually like a really good margarita or mezcal ish drink with lime. I think is delicious and usually my go-to. But um, every once in a while I do a vodka. Like there's a place that we love um, called Long Island Bar that's pretty close to where we live. I would recommend checking them out to the extent that you can. Um, they make probably the best gimlet I've ever had in my entire life. They have like a ginger... Is that what you sir- pull
1: out of the turkey? Yes.
2: Yes. a package yes. of gimlets uh that you could uh sort of reduce into a stock no so i i get a gimlet from them which is super delicious it has like a ginger syrup like simple syrup Ooh. that they use so like it gives it like a little extra like kick and a lot of lime to it and like you can barely taste the alcohol so i can throw with like two of those back and then all of a sudden i stand up and i'm like i am drunk this is a problem uh but yeah, those are typically my my drinks. That's usually what I what I gravitate towards naturally. Kurt,
3: I will tend to gravitate towards things I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to find something that sounds unique and interesting. Like oh, like I, th- I think of them as concoctions rather than cocktails. Like oh, I wouldn't have thought of that combination of things. Uh, they tend to be on the sweet side. They tend to have embarrassing names, um, <laughs> and if. I've, I've been to a few bars where they they part they kind of partition off their cocktail menu by the main type of mm-hmm. liquor that adds, adds space. I tend to go towards rum, um, and so I'll tend to go towards like I, I often find myself going to Tiki Drink Land in terms of rums and juices and kind of sh- sugary sweet. Um, uh but i can't go wrong with a good dark and stormy so a rum and i love dark um, and stormies yeah but uh throwing a little bit of fruit juice into that as well uh beyond some lime and i think i think i would be good mm-hmm. um but yeah you know i tend i tend to like oh that's a concoction or a combination of flavors i've never seen on any other menu i'll likely go for that
1: mm-hmm. Haley, what about you um if i'm going out i I really only order three types of alcohol that's white wine i call the haley strong holy trinity a glass of coke do you ever white wine and a water
2: do you ever order a double white wine like a wine for each hand so every wedding i've ever been to in like maybe the last like eight or ten years i just go to the bartender i say i'll have a double white wine so that they pour it all the way up. And I I believe, don't
1: have to I, oh, that. that's fair. Yeah. Okay. I
2: that's believe
3: on the um, top chef, uh, Chef Casey described that as a country club pour.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I will also order a margarita if I know mm-hmm. that it's not how I make margaritas at home, which oftentimes is the lazy man's margarita, Moss margarita mix, tequila. Yeah. yeah. Call it a day. Okay. Blended, uh, ice
3: Blended or on the rocks?
1: On the rocks, I never get a blended margarita. Yeah, I can't I, do frozen drinks. They hurt my teeth. <laughs> Emily, competent. Her teeth, not. not <laughs> so great. Yeah, very delicate little teeth I have. Um, I, I do love a Moscow Mule. Oh, so yeah. good. That's what I, I, I wanted lo- to say. After you yeah. said dark and stormy, I was like, Moscow Mule, Moscow Mule. Yeah, I love ginger beer, and I love how spicy. I'm very into ginger lately. Yeah. I got these ginger candies yeah. that I just like to chew on their
3: teeth tasty. The the one bottle of alcohol in uh, the house I'm in right now is a bottle of ginger liqueur. Oh, I've been like mixing it with root beer always.
2: <laughs> like, what do you make with that? Yeah, I feel like that would be like a good thing to dip like lady fingers into, and like oh, make like, a, like make some sort of like tiramisu adjacent dish.
3: Hmm. Right? It's a, yeah, it's it's a cool looking bottle too. I'll I'll send a picture to you guys later. Sounds good. Um,
1: Anyways, the show stopped. Yes. <laughs> now I just want a cocktail. This is like weird. Uh...
2: Is there
3: a... Because I, I know there's all sorts of... There's... Obviously, you've got nailed it. You've got things on Netflix like, you know, Sugar Rush and like dessert-focused things. Uh, we've had Top Chef Just Desserts. Has there been... We've seen on Top Chef them have to make cocktails to go with dishes. Have we seen an mixology-focused... Apologies if I'm like too much into like the... 2000s and not the 2010s or 20s with the mixology as a term but have we ever seen a mixology cocktail crafting reality show?
1: I don't think so because I feel like the judges would get bombed by like the (laughs) dead (laughs) cocktail.
3: But there's a there's a there's a uh, an edibles cannabis cooking challenge on Netflix so you think you'd have the same issue there. I haven't watched it yet. I don't think I have unless I watched it and forgot. Um, Unless you were partaking in
1: edibles and then
2: watched it yeah.
3: so, I used
2: inter- to be a show on Cooking Channel that I'm remembering. I just looked it up to see. It's called Drinks with Allie in Georgia.
1: Oh, and, Georgia from My Favorite Murder, the podcast. Yes. I believe that's correct.
3: Because I right? think it could be a fun show, but yeah, you'd have to.
2: Allie Ward and Georgia Hardstark. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, they used to have a show that. Is still online if you guys want to check it out. They have a tiramisu and a lemon meringue pie cocktail and a grill your peaches cocktail. They're all showing up as food cocktails. Is it a challenge? sounds good. Is
3: it a challenge competition show? No, I think it's a
2: It's just like a here's what we're making. Um, Honestly, it looks interesting based on the fact that we're talking about desserts right now. But yeah, I always used to see them in like little blurbs and commercials, but I never saw the show actually play out. And this is probably like eight or nine years old at this point. That's the if, closest I've seen, but nothing competition-wise.
3: I think you, I think you raise really a good point. Is like the judging of it would be how do we work this? <laughs>
2: I mean, you could do like one of the straw tastes that bartenders take oh. when they make something, right? But that's I don't true. know if that's like the same sort of mouth feel and enjoyment of a cocktail that you probably want to convey to somebody. Right. Uh,
3: like, can you taste cocktails? Time. Like, you taste wine in terms of not actually consuming it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Get me the spittoon, baby. Oh, God.
3: <laughs> Nothing but the spit takes.
1: Uh,
3: As somebody anyway.
1: who's worked in wine and wine events for a while, I will say, I'll do pretty much any job on an event site. I will not empty spittoons. Oh, yeah. They're gross. What? <sighs> yeah. No. Anyway, the show stops. Colossal Dessert Tower. Reflecting on your own personal experience. I loved this. This is exactly what I want from a finale, which is like, taking everything you've learned and making it into something at the end. I feel like maybe I called this last week. Is this what I said I wanted to see in a showstopper was, like, a I mixture of did. a bunch of desserts? Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not just a mediocre face, folks. Um, <laughs> stop it. You're crazy. <laughs> I like to tell that joke at work and patrons don't always know. Like, if what it's an actual do? joke. Yeah. I'm like, "Folks, I'm joking. Come on now." <laughs> uh, a rainbow dessert tower was made by Laura. She made it with Chelsea buns, orange and cinnamon cream cheese frosting, key lime tart and lemon curd filling. Those key lime t- lime tarts were beautiful and probably lemon. one of the most beautiful things she's made this season. Mm. I think maybe <laughs> She had issues in construction. I think she maybe thought of what she wanted to make before thinking about how it's going to go together.
3: Um, because, in
1: a yeah. Cause she tried to like put, put the tarts on top of like the Chelsea buns. And then so the Chelsea buns weren't always like perfectly uniform so that the, you know, they wouldn't sit nicely. And those tarts were so beautiful and to not have them sit perfectly like. I don't know, but I, I, I mean, Laura, we, I love you. We, we knew come into this. It was just like, bake for fun, Laura. Have a great yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter made a bonkers baking show bubble cake with chocolate and orange Battenberg biscuits, uh, a lemon and blackberry creme diplomat, uh, fresh strawberries and cream. And of course, We can't have a Peter Showstopper without some Christmas fun. uh, A Christmas Spice Friand. I'm reading that as France. France. Christmas (laughs) Spice Friand. I will say I didn't find Peter's as striking as Dave's. Right. Uh especially that top layer, it felt a little haphazard to me. Mm-hmm. I did love the idea of making like a Battenberg looking biscuit to really kind of pull in um what they had made in the past.
2: Yeah. I think I was a little nervous for him, just based on the fact that, like we rarely see him falter at all. And when he does, he's usually like, "Oh, it's fine. I'll just like pivot and do this. But this you could tell he was pretty nervous about, especially after he'd like sort of cut everything Battenberg style and then was like, "Oh, that's not the design I was looking for right away. Um, but then he obviously did a good job. Um but I agree with you that Dave's, I think, looked a little bit more sound in its construction and tastier. um but, you know, Peter got the height in. You know?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I was imp- I was impressed with Peter's, but I wasn't as impressed with Peter's as I was with yeah. Dave's. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dave's was the tower to redemption. I loved, I loved the idea of him taking all of the things he maybe didn't do as well throughout the season mm-hmm. and coming back and being like, I can make brownies, I can make this, I can make that. Look at my Babka. Uh, so it was a <laughs> With raspberry cream, patisseries, brownies, fresh strawberry and creme, mousseline filling, and chocolate babkas. I love the idea. I loved the way it looked. I think I would really like everything that was in this too. Yeah. 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 I think this t- sounds the tastiest to me.
3: Uh, this, this bake was what surprised me. This, actually, coming out of this bake, I was surprised that Dave didn't end up winning. I thought this was the more ambitious. I thought the approach of redemption uh, was an interesting one and one that the judges would appreciate But perhaps, do we think it, they loved the entire thing except for that, sh- that bun at the top? Um, mm. That was a little bit tough, I think. for And just because it was so close if that had been, even some of the things that they said about, you know. But
1: they didn't like something on Peter's too. Like, I don't think right. they liked the Freons. Mm-hmm.
3: That's true, Mm. but I was wondering if Dave had come out, come up with, or made that one that one element to their liking. If that would have put him on top, because but I was I was definitely more impressed with Dave's and the bonkers. I couldn't get past Peter's name. I'm sorry, the bonkers bubble (laughs) cake. I was like,
1: (laughs) how childish! How childish! (laughs) It's like he's only twenty.
3: Oh you my know. goodness. Oh, that's, 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 age, that's age
2: shame the winner. <laughs> <laughs> he asked for it. Um. Yeah, I agree. It was funny because on Thanksgiving night, Josh kind of looked at me deviously and was like, I know who wins. And I was like, oh, come on. And I was like, it's going to be Peter, right? And he looked at me and was like, mm. so of course, the next morning, first thing I kind of woke up and totally turned this on. And there was a moment where I was like, all right, Dave. Are we are we gonna steal this? Is, uh, you know, do you have a better shot? And then Prue being like, oh, this still needs work. And you being like, ah, oh, all right, it's probably Peter, but maybe it's Dave. It's probably Peter. It's Peter. Um, so it was, it
3: was, it was Josh spoiled on it then? From like the Tuesday? Was the no, oh, okay. Yeah. And He just lorded that over you for like a few he days. Did.
2: And... He did. He um, did. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's fine. I found out twelve hours later, but like, it was pretty funny. I was like, wait a second, is it Peter? It's definitely Peter. And then he was like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. but yeah I'm not surprised I'm happy for him I think Dave put in a really good effort considering this
1: was the most fun I've seen Dave have it felt like <laughs> he was just like exuberant almost he was just happy to be there he was having a good time he was believing in what he was doing and i think he was just really happy for peter yeah and he had a really strong theme
2: i i loved that he was like i'm definitely going back and rebaking all of these things that some i sort of stumbled with or or had difficulty with over the over the episodes so
3: his babkas were they were like round muffin shaped, weren't they? But like, they were Yeah, they're you know, were like mini. It was
2: cute, yeah, little guys. Yeah,
3: that's the, yeah, I wanted I wanted each and every one of them. You can have all those walnut worlds. <laughs> if I mean, you can I, have the babkas. I have the babkas.
2: Well you gotta temper that chocolate to put them in there, so
3: oh, I'll have to start doing that.
2: <laughs> As everyone's like, Emily, stop making tempered chocolate chips. <laughs> Get out of here. Um but yeah, I, I thought it was it was a good showstopper. I was impressed by everybody.
1: Did anyone else cry in the "Where Are They Now" segment? Of course, I cried the whole time. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I was like trying not to like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I just cry. Bake off makes me cry every right. time. Same.
3: I like how they included the. I Again, I've only seen the one series. They included little snippets of them meeting each like their. Meeting each other, meeting up with each other outside of the. It wasn't just a where are they now, but look, Lottie's visiting Mark, and you know, yeah. and what have you, and you. Know, but um, I was saddened to see that Luis from uh, Louis from a season series five had passed. Yeah, so I was like the one series I've watched. I was like, I know yeah. this guy, so that was kind of sad. Yeah, um, yeah, but the you no, know, I, I I liked the I liked. I forgot that they do the because I remember they did that on series five as well. was the where are they now sort of thing, and I, I, at least I believe they did, and that that was fun to see. I do wish I, I like that we got to see Peter's uh, speaker phone call with his with his family.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? I it, yeah.
3: I wish it had been Zoom. Like, what would have been like? <laughs> I I wanted to see the like. Give the winner a laptop and tell them to get on Zoom yeah, together. Yeah, because that's
2: that. Like we were saying earlier, one of the things you miss out on is that. Yeah. Usually, everyone's family is there. Past competitors are there, and it's really a celebration that you see everyone's reaction. And so it's just like a whole bunch of strangers who have been like working in the hotel. And yeah, probably I, I like, like dealing with transportation. And,
3: <laughs> I like the, you know, everybody, everybody on crew, everyone gather over here. Steve, you still have to man the camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. we like the how, one or two. We're like the two or three. People who yeah. weren't allowed to be in the group chat. <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. Uh, so that, you know, I think, like we said before, it loses a little luster and not being yeah. able to follow the format exactly the way that previous series have. Um, but yeah, I think you know it was really touching to see pictures of Peter when he was ten years younger, uh, but like <laughs> seemingly much younger, um, sitting there with like a cake and being like, "I loved this show and it's inspired me to bake and I can't believe like I came here." And I, was. I love,
1: I really love that. Like, yeah. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Where he no, was very I got really like, emotional, even though it's Peter. I was like, "Oh God!" Like, where he, you know, he's like, "I c- I can't even believe that I'm here." Like just. Being here is the biggest dream come true. like, Mm -hmm. And I can't believe I won. And how appreciative he is of just the experience itself um, makes him a really satisfying winner in my eyes as much as I was rooting for pretty much anyone else but him along the way. I'm very happy for him. I think him winning the season is very lovely.
3: Yeah, I'm excited for how many... Not necessarily the doors it's going to open for him, but the he has a really bright
1: future ahead of him.
3: The number of paths that are now like I think it's it's going to be the number of opportunities he's going to have now, or at least like he's going to feel more that he has more empowerment to make a wider breadth of choices in his life because of this. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a small distinction, but I'm excited for that for him.
2: And he, I think it was so cute that, like, nobody in his flatmate like group knew that he was in this. I was like, <laughs> why wow. like, not? He was on the show. Like, yeah.
1: that. like, that's, that's,
2: like, I'm impressed. That's like a pretty stealth move, but. Uh, I thought that that yeah, I agree, I think he also brings a unique perspective to the table, and being so young from the show, um being so skilled and and talented, but also with the gluten free bakes that he originally did the first couple of episodes, that will probably set him apart in other ways too, where or open up you know an even wider niche area of baking that he could potentially contribute to, so I like that a lot, um, but I also think you know this. This show historically is a great stepping off point or a launching pad for a lot of people that go on to it. Like I feel uh-huh. like this probably has opened doors for Ermine, right? You know, it probably makes people like Lottie way more visible and able to do some stuff. Um, that's the cool and unique thing about seeing so many varied personalities and people that have so many strengths within pastry or you know baking all like they'll all ha- th-
1: they all have a spot in, yeah in the landscape yeah. of things
2: yeah yeah and there's no you know there's never anybody who's like a villain per se so you're not like oh what's gonna happen with this person you know like what's hey. the worst, what's the craziest thing that happened like rowan went and made like waistcoats or something yeah <laughs> and like linda's back at the beach <sighs> drinking champagne i feel great about both of those updates
1: so yeah <laughs> linda
3: mm-hmm.
1: keep on keeping on babe yeah
3: yeah, Dave's Dave's got his little baby babka uh, yeah. now, and I and I and I, and I, and I feel I can now freely follow all of these people on Instagram. Um, and I saw that Dave proposed to his girlfriend over the past couple oh, of days. Nice. Um, That's right. And uh, so make
1: an honest
2: woman of her, Dave.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, two things Emily said in this podcast: uh, let the men. Go to work and make an honest woman out of her. <laughs> is this anti-feminist, Emily? Coming no, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just <laughs> I didn't come to play, Haley. Feminism uh, all the way. Uh,
2: anti-feminist. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> no, uh, I think if anything, no. This is it's great to see the updates, and baby Ronnie looks very cute.
3: Just random note. Mac didn't look old enough to me to have a son getting married.
2: <laughs> I guess not. I guess I didn't even think about that. Do you think that's why he left? He was like, I gotta get back for the wedding.
3: I, My socially I, that, distanced wedding. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was like the one thing that, that threw me. It's like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Um, but that's like a fun update to give when like not a lot is happening otherwise. Like, Think about yeah. it. If someone was like, Emily, what's your six-month update after being like in anything? I'd be like, still in my apartment um the cats got bigger
3: the cats got bigger,
1: and emily's been having a hard time keeping her avocado plant alive (laughs) yeah exactly the cats have been peeing the
3: avocado plant
2: and that's yeah
1: yeah
2: (laughs) such a bleak existence
1: um bleak existence lovely season i'm glad i'm glad we were able to cover this together what a nice time it was it was a joy you guys a real joy and I do believe that there's going to be some special, um, holiday episodes coming out. Um, they just kind of do like a, a one episode with four different people who are on Bake Off. Um, it's being hosted by Noel Fielding and, um, Tom Allen, who is one of the hosts of, uh, uh, Extra Slice, I think it's called, which is the after show. Um, if you're familiar with British comedians, you've probably come across this guy. He's fun. So I'm really looking forward to those because it's like almost like an all-star, all-star mm-hmm. season. It's really fun. So mm-hmm. I can't wait for those. Those should be coming out around the holidays. But yeah, you know, that's that's what we're doing. I guess, Kurt, what have you been making this week?
3: I stuffed my first turkey. It yeah. went well after I spent probably 20 minutes trying to empty all the different parts out of all the different cavities. Um uh and Yeah, no, it it went went well. It was pretty traditional. The stuffing came off well. The turkey came out well. Um, The only little hiccup was that within an hour left on the turkey, we added uh, cut-up potatoes and sweet potatoes uh, into the roasting pan around the turkey. And then um, the ones that were further down closer to the base of the pan were nicely cooked through, but the top ones were kind of a little bit tough and solid. So we actually ended up taking the turkey out and then spreading the remaining potatoes evenly across the bottom of the pan and keeping that in the oven for another 15, 20 minutes. And it ended up, you know, pretty okay. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's been looking for, uh, ways to use the leftovers. And my, my go-to has been turkey and cheddar on an everything bagel. Um, only using the turkey component. Uh, otherwise it's just eating the stuffing and the potatoes and the turkey, reheating it all. Um, it's been a very, uh, very Thanksgiving Focus Week. Although I did get my first HelloFresh box in like a month and a half or so, and I made a couple of dishes through there. It was a uh, herb mozzarella chicken and a uh, kind of a biscuit chicken pot pie. Nice. Um, and I think tonight I'm making a Mushu pork dish. Oh. Um, so, so, yeah, back, back to that. I actually you?
1: I had a really good cooking week. Surprisingly, I've been really off the last few weeks. Uh, not Thanksgiving. You're okay. Remind people
3: that it's not uh, because Thanksgiving was is it late October in October, mid October. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um. What did I make? I made some stuffed shells this week. I yeah. Those love look so stuffed shells. Basically, any chance to eat ricotta cheese, like I am in on. Um. I. Uh, cooked up some onions and garlic and mix them in with the cheese and just stuff the shells um for our wedding for those who came again very small wedding was not a super spreader event go me <laughs> we didn't have reception just a ceremony we gave out to we gave out jars of tomato sauces because we had it at an italian hall so we thought that'd be a great way to support the club um so we gave out tomato sauce we had a couple jars left so i used the sauce on on the shelves. that was delicious. Um, I made a pork tenderloin with a mushroom cream sauce, which yeah. was really lovely.
3: Delish. We that's one of the things my my mom actually had made a um, one of the <laughs> we, we did have the Clark family beans and ground beef this week. Of course, uh, while I was uh, staying with my mom while my stuff uh, moves cross country, we also one of the other uh, Clark dishes is the pork and it's like a mushroom. Um, Mushroom cream slash gravy topping, but like kind of in noodles. So it's almost a little Swedish meatbally in terms of the consistency. But
1: yeah, my parents would do that a lot when I was growing up. They would use I can't. (laughs) Please note, my my parents didn't grow up with a lot of money. They'd use like a mushroom soup as the sauce on like pork chops or whatever. And so I wanted just a little bit, like I wanted that flavor but i wanted it to be a a little a little higher but it was really good um i made my first loaf of bread this week yeah look at you it was pretty easy the cleanup was not uh Uh, i'm still scraping dough out of my sink (laughs) <laughs> uh, it was in everything season bread, and I folded some garlic into the loaf itself, topped it with in everything bagel seasoning. It was really tasty. Nice. Um, and then my grandmother came over yesterday, and we made cookies. Uh, how did that go? <sighs> uh, I, direct quote when she saw uh, one of the gingerbreads I made was, Oh, you really messed that one up, Haley. Ah. <laughs> Classic grandma <laughs> quote. My grandmother is very supportive of me, but she will call me out when I fucked up. And that's what I, mine's like too. I've, Her I've, was like, <laughs> I fucked up those cookies. Only half of them, though. The, okay. You know what? The, and this is what Ethan said. He, you know, our downstairs smoke detector goes off whenever we make anything. He was like, "Well, Haley, the upstairs smoke detector also went off. That was that's when you should have known that you were." you should have taken out of the oven. Is
3: that like, any time yeah. when the downstairs one goes off that's just done? Yeah. The yeah. top one goes off it's been in too long?
1: Yeah. Like, my mistake was I put two sheets in on the top rack and one sheet in on the bottom rack not really realizing I should have taken the bottom rack once out because they were cooking faster. Yeah. I just, I have a tendency to be like, I am following the recipe. You are in there for 10 minutes, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a classic you know, misstep for most people though.
2: Like you know, ovens vary between kitchens, between anywhere. Like, it's it's always going to be, like, this crazy uh, back and forth of, like, checking stuff. So I think that happens a lot. It also happens when you're having a recipe or you're putting stuff into smaller containers versus bigger containers. Like, we saw it on Bake Off, like, two weeks ago, where they were like, you overbaked this because it was smaller in size, so it cooked faster, right?
1: Yeah. Classic Or mood. when you have a recipe that my grandmother says this was my grandmother's and right. like and it's like handwritten with like no real instructions yeah. and then like yeah. you know at one point I was supposed to add vinegar into molasses and mix that and then add it into mm-hmm. or ba- maybe it was like add the baking soda into the molasses mix it and then put it mm-hmm. in and I just put the molasses in put the baking soda in and like that's not what I was supposed to do yeah. and then um, I was confused about how much flour to add because my grandma was like no it's like add up to five cups of flour and then I had a really wet dough that I couldn't shape so I had to add like so much more flour then I had to like scrape the counter after Um, so I feel like next time it would go better it's tough I think it depends on what you're
2: making but baking stuff is so specific and really you know relies on your intuition if you know the recipe really really well like I remember when I was Probably in college, I called and asked my dad, who's like an epic apple pie maker. Like he just makes apple pie all the time because my mom used to make it. And then she was like, Dave, you're asking too much. You need to learn how to do this yourself. So he started making apple pie from like the pre-made crusts from like, you know, Pillsbury, but he would always cut up the apples and and do the sugar and everything like that. And I called him once and I was like, Dad, how do you make your apple pie? I want to try to make it. And he was like, Well, I use that huge spoon we have in the drawer. And I just uh, level that off a couple of times with sugar, and I'm like so unhelpful. And he, like an hour later, he called back, and he's like, "All right, so I eyeballed it, but I put it into a measuring cup so I could give you a more precise, uh, you know, measurement." I was like, "Thank you. That's what people need is like some level of guidance. That's more than like use the old spoon you've had in the family for six generations. Like not helpful." Um, So yeah, I think it's a learning curve with a lot of this stuff, unless it's like a very precise, you know, weighing of ingredients and being like, mix these things first, do this next, put it in the middle of the oven because it bakes a certain way that way. But even then, maybe your oven leans a little bit like it's way hotter in the back of my oven, which actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So I have to turn trays halfway through. That's just what I've learned to do. But that's because I do stuff all the time. So it's like, it's
1: it's totally
2: based on like your experience with things. Yeah, so
1: that was fine. I also made a, <laughs> I also made a what we call a. I think it's a Chinese noodle cookie. You Use like lo mein noodles. Mm. You you uh, <laughs> you uh, double boil a half a bag of butterscotch chips with half a bag of dark chocolate chips. Oh, it's like a nest, kind of. And then you like huh. you know melt that, and then you throw a cup and a half of the noodles in and a cup and a half of peanuts in or any kind of nut you want. My grandmother actually uses cranberry. So you dump the, it into the chocolate. These are, the
3: short, these are like the short two, three inch long crispy noodles, right? Yeah. Okay, I was picturing like Robin noodles. So was I.
1: Okay, I was like, and then you
2: twirl it into a nest and put yeah, like the things in the center to, to melt in? I've had,
1: I've had, I've had those before. Yeah. yeah okay. Um. And then you just put a bunch. I'll send you a picture later. Yeah. Um, and my sister-in-law made a couple things, and I kept being like, "Sorry, I only made two things," and she's like, "You have the more complicated things to make." So. <laughs> so we'll see. Sorry to my family if I was making shit. It's literally all of my fault. <laughs> oh, stop. Well, you know, someday. it's one of the things I'm just learning along the way because I'm yeah. I'm I'm not a great baker. I'm not really good at following instructions.
2: Someday we're gonna bake together. I've made. I that can't wait. I room. can't wait. for I don't that know when it's gonna happen, but someday. If nothing else, maybe we
1: do like a Facetime or two where I'm like, yeah. okay, now do this. <laughs> like I've been dreaming of for so long of you and Josh coming to visit visit us, and we yeah. just. Go to wineries and then we bake in the afternoon and stop. Eat that's dinner on the patio. ever do. Yeah. Oh,
2: I miss interactions with people. That yeah. that's that was a fun time. Um, all right. Should I tell you what I made? Yeah. So Thanksgiving, uh, I have been uh, advocating for a turkeyless Thanksgiving for most of my adult life and never been successful. And boy, leave it to coronavirus to really give me what I want. Um, So (laughs) I decided that, A, we're not doing turkey because I can't be bothered. And also, it's just Josh and I were we're doing like sort of a a pretty serious quarantine in order to see my parents at the end of this week. We wanted to make sure there was plenty of time and it wasn't sort of timed with everybody else in the Thanksgiving rush. So um, I opted to make a meal That was probably not going to be very Thanksgiving-ish because I know we're going to get to my parents and my mom's going to want to make the traditional family stuffing that we've had in our family that she's going to want to make all these other things. So I was like, I think I want to make fried chicken because why wouldn't I make fried chicken? Of chickens? course, of course, of course. So, and like that's an easy thing to get. I don't have to worry about like ordering it ahead of time. I just go in, pick up the things I wanted. I got an extra slat of 3 bone-in thighs because I was like one chicken simply not enough for two people, but I also had to butcher it myself and I was like, well, what what happens if I like botch the butchering a little bit and then I'm like, here's the thigh you like so much and it's like this tiny little thing. So, I was like I'll buy 3 thighs on the side as well. And I made biscuits to go with it. Um, we did a buttermilk brine with the chicken itself. And then uh, I made like a, like an apple sort of radicchio slaw on the side because I was like anything to kind of like cut through the richness of this. And then with my duck egg, duck egg foray, I decided to make a pecan pie for the first time because I've, I've literally Lovely. never had it. Never had it. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I used the tartine book for it. And uh, usually it calls for bourbon, maple syrup, and kumquats on the top. But I was like, I'm never going to find a kumquat around here. So I just did um, some orange zest in the in the mix instead. And then duck eggs. And let me tell you, that thing, what like an unbelievable recipe it is. But I have a little tub of creme fraiche. And then I put Malden sea salt on top. And Ooh. I'm just telling you, like that dollop of creme fraiche and the sea salt, just it sings in your mouth. And if nobody's, if, if I can impart any wisdom to anybody about a pecan pie, the first one I've ever had in my life, first one I've ever baked in my life, it is that you should put creme fraiche and Molden sea salt on top of it before you eat it. And that's all I have to say. Keep well, that in mind, because I don't mine. think yeah. I've
1: ever had pecan pie. It's, did I, did, I don't did think I, it's as popular here
3: good. as it is on the stage. Did I also see fried chicken and waffles in terms of leftovers?
2: Yes. So I have been making waffles every once in a while with the discard I have from my sourdough um, just because that became a, such a popular thing. Um, so I tried my hand at it and I've been making waffles every once in a while and I just freeze them. and You let them cool to room Oh, temp. good idea. Yeah. Freeze them, then you just have them pull them out, throw them in the oven for a few minutes. Yeah, works for eggs, it works for you. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, I had a big square of those that I put to the side, um, and Josh just took out some cold chicken and put it on there for for breakfast yesterday. And then last night we had like one huge breast left, and we we're like, "What are we going to do with this?" So we we're like up to our eyeballs in fried chicken, and so I made like a stewed green with like greens with like ham a little maple syrup and apple cider vinegar and then I had a bag of grits that I've been slowly working my way through so I, I made like Monterey Jack grits because that's all the cheese I had Um and that was just unreal so we did like sort of like a southern style um dinner last night to kind of finish off the leftovers so you know um it's some heavy eating i think we might go on like a vegetable diet the next like 4 or 5 days before we go back to my parents and have them be like look we made this like really rich dinner again but i think it was a pretty successful thanksgiving just the two of us and nice to not have to go anywhere or like rush around or worry about killing anybody through contact uh you know and social undistancing so you know, all in all, it was a, it was a weird Thanksgiving, but uh, honestly, like kind of the least stressful Thanksgiving we've had in a long time because we just got to do whatever we wanted to do, which was great. <laughs> nice.
3: I forgot to get yeah, dessert wise. We um we picked up a a couple pies from a local pie place, Grand Traverse Pie Company, and we got a, a sweet potato pie, which is nice. tasty and their cherry berry pie, which was Ooh. cherries and raspberries. Mm-hmm. Um uh both were were tasty uh so if anybody has access to grand traverse i I highly recommend their pies
2: i did not make
3: any of them (laughs) (laughs) i did eat them
2: yeah i love pie pie so good yeah um
1: yeah anyway thank you everyone for joining us for god a wonderful season yeah. Um, I'm not even sure if anyone has been listening to this, but it's just been <laughs> nice for us to do this. <laughs> thank you for the seven of you who have been with yeah. us all along Guys, the
2: thank you so much.
1: Emily, where can people
2: find you? So I am on Twitter and Instagram as emlet, like an omelet, but with an E. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep the, uh, you know doing the, the post-show recaps Patreon offerings with Josh. So check that out. If you want to become a patron, I'd say it's worth your while. We watched, we live streamed Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory on Thanksgiving, which was super fun. Very hilarious to do. I drank a decent amount of wine while we did it. Um, So my comments got more and more terse and hilarious towards the end. Um, But yeah, we're doing fun things over there. So I highly recommend you guys checking it out. Otherwise, you can interact with me on Twitter or Instagram.
3: Kurt? I am at Kirk Clark with two C's on most of your social media platforms, so hit me up.
1: Uh, you can check out my reca- recaps of The Bachelorette here on the Wrap-Ups Network. Keeping on, keeping on with that. Um, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at strong underscore. You can check out my blog, strongtakes.ca. Until next time, <sighs> pack your stand mixers and head Uh-oh. on out! <laughs> Bye! Bye! Bye.